check, check, mic check. show presented by infab it's noon pacific thursday july 21st thanks for listening everybody appreciate it thursday afternoon one hour we'll talk some more shugle talk some millville maybe whatever just happened i uh, got lots going on we're gonna give away a set of 2017 fly racing gear it's not even out yet and we're gonna give it some away 702-586-7857 we're gonna give it away to a random caller you got to ask a good question, though. You just can't say, hey, I want the call. I want the gear. You ain't getting it if you just say that. So 702-586-PULP. we got a few lines open uh, still left. Got a couple guys on hold. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. Fly Racing, the, the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by these dirt bikes today. The gear must withstand tremendous forces. I think we can all agree on that, yeah? It must breathe well, be lightweight, and be protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evo 2.0 raceway to fulfill these requirements. Got the BOA system, industry first BOA system, and uh, uh, one-handed adjustment on uh, on that, and uh, the Evolution 2.0 Pro Fit Advanced Ventilation Jersey. So thanks to those guys, Flat Fly Racing and NFAB. N-Fab.com, at NFAB Inc. on social media. Uh, title sponsors of the NFAB and Pro Yamaha Off-Road Team. Randy Hawkins over there running that thing. And uh, also, too, big part of the JGR Yamaha Team with Barsha, Pike, and Nicoletti. Jeep, truck, or an SUV parts. Um, yeah, check them out. If you've got a Jeep, truck, or SUV, I bet you a lot of you people listen have a Jeep, truck, or SUV. Go to N-Fab.com, see, see if you need anything. Uh, bumpers and steps and light mounting solutions and bump and uh, guards and lots of cool stuff. And uh, they support the sport in a big way. So uh, dirt biking is uh, is their way of life, and uh, they're dirt bikers through and through, just like all of you jerkies. So, uh, all right, everybody, uh, again, um, we're thanking you guys for listening. We are going to have uh, Jeff Emig on the show, multi-time. AMA Supercross and Motocross Champion, Jeff Hemmick, and uh, Paul Perbinos, Loretta Lynn's Champion. He also won a national championship with Dean Wilson as his mechanic, and that's pretty damn good if you uh, if you ask me. So we'll have those guys on to talk Washugal, and we'll have those guys on to talk a little bit of Millville, and round nine of Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championships coming up this weekend in Washugal. Uh, taking your calls, producing the show, holding things down over there is uh, none other than the Tis Legendary. Hey, Steve. Coming in 20 minutes early. Yeah, after I, last I, week. Last week, I figured, you know what? It all averages out. And uh, even though I was literally doing nothing for the 20 minutes while I was waiting, I'm still here. Still counts. Yeah, well, I, I don't think it works like that. I don't think life, like, just be here. Uh, agree just, to disagree. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, you must be very excited about the new fly uh, products coming out. I know how you, 
Uh, will you be texting JT about what's made where? Oh, who, who makes I, it? You cannot believe the amount of uh, self control I've had to have from from reaching out. Like, so let me just little screenshots, you know, little colorways, things like that. I have not. Uh, I'm very excited. Yeah, I will be checking their website as soon as possible. Tomorrow, right? Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, trying to get the catalog and everything like that. Uh, you had a catalog on your desk. I thought it was it. I was going to get a sneak peek, but it was last year. You're so. ridiculous. With, I with am pretty people. ridiculous. Yeah, you are. You don't even ride that much, but you just love the fly I racing mountain stuff. Mountain bike a lot. Well, I guess. Yeah, we'll see what the new mountain biking world for them. They just yeah. redid their line, though. Didn't uh, they? Like not not a year. I don't think it's been a year yet, has it? It has not been a year. No. They, they, they've kind of do little gradual refreshes yeah, on that. As that's what, what I mean. Seen. So like what I'm saying is you may not get any new mountain bike stuff tomorrow. You know what the, the hot ticket is? Is huh. you wear a motocross jersey mountain biking because I like the long sleeve, you know, uh-huh. for the sun. And the, the best jerseys are the motocross ones. So that's why I'm excited. Okay. All right, everybody. That's Tits Legendary. Yeah. Uh, 702-586-PULP. Uh, give us a call. And uh, Ryan Dungey, super fan, Tits Legendary. Excited about the Fly Racing products that are coming out uh, ASAP. So we got some news. Uh, well, it was great news at Millville. James Stewart came back. Uh, Dean Wilson came back. And Trey Kennard came back, which was awesome and a real boost in the full of the MX class. There's no doubt. Uh, now uh, Brock Tickle's out. Justin Bogle's out, and Trey Kennard's back out again for this weekend in Washugo. So we uh, got three guys last weekend, and uh, three guys are out uh, again this weekend out of the 450 Premier class. So, yeah, it's been it's been tough. I mean, Bogle wasn't at Millville, but he was supposed to be back, I think, uh, by now. But uh, he's out another week. Then we got two weeks off after this, and uh, Cole Seeley, I think, will be back soon, I hope. But uh, the 450 MX class has definitely been hit with injuries, and uh, it's, not, it's not easy to um, – for these guys to keep it up through the long series. We're going to talk to Jeff Emig about that as well. Racing week in and week out, the 29 races, plus the USGP, plus the Monster Energy Cup. For the 450 guys, I think this thing really um, takes a toll on these guys. And uh, 250 class, well, if you're Cooper Webb and you went to Millville against J-Mart and A-Mart and you came out tied uh, in points for the overall win with J-Mart, you lost zero points to uh, anybody, uh, you got to be stoked on that. So uh, with me, first up to discuss uh, Washougal, Millville, many other things. He's national championship winning mechanic, Loretta Lynn's champion as well. Pro Taper Zone, Paul Barabinos. What's up, Paul? How are you? What up, Steve? How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for coming on, bro. Yeah, no worries. Uh, we're going to give away a set of 2017 fly gear. I bet you're stoked on that. Cool, cool. How's yeah. things at Pro Taper? What's happening? What's new? Uh, uh, tons of things, man. There's just um, there's a lot of things happen- happening higher up. That's exciting and business stuff. And I tell you, I'm having I'm like a racer that is is you know I know the sport very well, but there's a lot of other sides of the business that I'm having to learn and teach myself and learn about sales and stuff. So there's always mm-hmm. a challenge here for me, but. But there's a lot going on, and it's a cool brand, and that's my job to make it cool and make new products. And uh, so, yeah, it's just um, just every day. It's a grind. It's it, there's always something to do. So. When's your stuff dropping? When you when you when you kind of t- telling it, showing everybody what you got? <laughs> yeah, well, it's t- it's tough. We're you know a hard parts brand is nothing like an apparel brand. They, no. They're on like a a schedule. You know, every year right. they have new stuff. And and us, it it's really about developing a product, and however long it takes is how long. Well, it takes. I know so, you have um, a new product. That's why I said, is it when is that coming? I don't want to say what it is, but oh well, the the one that the one that I spoke to you about can still be as far as a year away. Oh, like, it is. Very, oh, yeah, we're very early. That's why. That's okay. why you know I was just <laughs> right. talking to you as a friend about that stuff. But, okay, um, all right, my bad. 
Um, oh, but I have some other stuff. I have some other stuff coming at the end of the year. The, the thing I've been working on the most is some sprocket stuff that's coming at the end of the year. So we're going to have a lot um, better product, more more options, more colors, more SKUs, better packaging, I mean, um, features, pricing, a lot of stuff's happening. And that's going to happen uh, like November this year. Let me ask you this. This is a real simple question. And maybe I should know the answer to this. But you can, what, okay, you got the oversized bar, right, with the adjustable crossbar for different uh, uh, torsions that you want to feel on the bar. Our, you, our fusion bar. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. essentially going from a from a crossbar handlebar to a handlebar with no crossbar. Do you still have the pro taper bar? You do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. Yeah. And then we, you have we a, have two. Okay, and then you have ahead. a seven eighths bar, right? Yeah. So we have we have so we have a bunch of levels. We have our seven eighths bar. We call our SE, which is a seven eighths all aluminum handlebar with a crossbar. We have our Evo bar, which is a top of the line um, crossbarless inch and eighth handlebar um, with a epoxy coating in the side and our proprietary alloy that you know gives you flex and and it's a, it's our strongest lightest handlebar that we have. That's what all my race team guys use. Use. Then we have a more um, cost efficient version of it. It doesn't have the epoxy coating inside. It's a little bit thicker. Oh, I didn't uh, know this. Okay, all right. Thicker so, wall. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a lower price point, but it's also heavier and a little bit more susceptible to bending. That's called our contour bar. And then we have uh, our fusion handlebar, which is built off our Evo bar, but then it has the uh, fusion mechanism, so you can go from a solid bar to a to okay. an Evo bar. So here's my so, question: Is it yeah. is the seven eighths bar just the top seller, just the one that everyone buys still to this day? No, because ba- no. yeah, bars come bigger now on stock production bikes. So no, um, our contour bar is our is our number one seller. Okay. Contour bar. So it's, the, right. it's the more more uh, price efficient version of our cross barless inch and eighth oversized bar. Oh, okay. All right. Just checking. So, I didn't know. I didn't know how. Because yeah. you know, there's so many old bikes. Seven eighths bar still all applies to that. For sure. So, I don't, well, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, we still make them. We still sell a lot of them. I just sent you one for your project bike. So yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Paul, let's talk a, a little bit of racing. Uh, ProTaper.com, Paul Fabinos. So, first up, uh, your old rider, Dean Wilson, your buddy, your BFF. Yeah. 11-11 uh, yeah. on his return. We had him on the Pulp Show on Monday. He talked about how he didn't remember Millville being that rough. And, again, there's no replacement for racing for these guys, no matter how much they practice. Um, yeah. I think 11-11 is great. I think that that's a nice start. He'll get better. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> Um, I think it was okay. Uh, I, I honestly was hoping he'd be better, but and honestly, he was better. But he had he got sick. Um, I wanted to actually I wanted him to actually come back at Southwick, and that's kind of what I was suggesting him to do because mm-hmm. I think he underestimates his sand skills, and I think his bike would have been really good in the sand. But he unfortunately came down with a sickness the week before Southwick, so he he went with his original plan of Millville. And um, yeah, I, I figured he could beat the BTO guys on his first time out, and he didn't. But I also watched him ride, and he didn't look anything like what he looks like when he rides a bike because he was he looked he looked so tired and gassed. Well, the tracks are so it's just nothing like racing. You know that there's just nothing. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. So, but all those. So again, I have higher expectations for him, but at the same time, he he finished both motos, you know, eleven both times, and I think he's going to improve every weekend. Um, I think he'll be better at Washougal, which isn't typically at one of his better tracks, but uh, I know some of the changes he's made to his bike this week, and mm-hmm. I think he's going to be better this weekend. So, Well, all right, let's hope so. Uh, I think 11-11's fine. It's a good start, and Adino's got to get just some, some finishes under his belt, but he'll be helped a little bit because Bogle's still out. Kennard was back in at Millville, and now Kennard is out, crashed during the week, and Tickle, yeah. we got saw the press release today, Tickle is out for the season. Like, what is going yeah, on yeah. here, you know? Well, Tickle fractured his hip in that, in that crash, yeah. so... 
It wasn't even the, hip that, it wasn't even the hip that, uh, he landed on. It was more like a whiplash thing. And it's just, uh, he has to keep weight off of it for like four to six weeks. I actually talked to him today Jeez. and, uh, and Bichelia is out as well. So, oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, Bichelia was scheduled to come back according to the Suzuki guys. So, yeah, I know. I just know that we're not building him any gear here. So uh, <laughs> he, he ain't riding. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, hey, it's such a, it's such a gnarly thing. You had the Dungey and Anderson, um, injuries into there too. It's Sealy. It's so tough for these guys to to, to do twenty nine races. It, it it is because, you know, I think years ago there was less races, but I think it was easier to do less races because the the, the amount of training and work that you had to put in to be competitive was less years and years ago. But mm-hmm. now the bar is set so high, and these guys are working so hard that I honestly don't know how they do it. And I think it's kind of stupid that they have to they have to do it. And I don't know what can change, but it would have to be a major one. But well, how they about, never get a break, and then you throw in the the U.S. Open, the Monster Cup, and oh, you know, sponsors are going to lose, you know, teams are going to lose money and piss sponsors off if they don't do these deals, and and it's it's like it's endless. I feel bad for them. For yeah, sure, how about you tell the energy drinks to pound sand? We're not doing two USGPs. We're not yeah, doing a, a Red Bull straight rhythm. You know, like. We're not even maybe doing the Monster Cup. Like there literally is no off season anymore because you're racing through part of your off season, and then if once you're done racing, you have two months to test, and then it's time to go. And how many how many times can you ride your bike in two months? I mean, oh, I know it's nuts. No, man. it's not that many times. So, um, do you figure? Do, do you do you think Bogle, who's a, who's an answer rider, Pro Taper's sister company, do you feel Bogle will be back after the break? Or I, yeah, I think he'll be back at Unadilla. Okay. Um, I and would pretty much kind of stamp that, yeah. Do you think Fast, Fast Freddy Norn finds himself a ride on the factory team? I've been talking about that, but, um, you know. I don't know, and I've I've heard that, yeah, it might even be this weekend because they literally have nobody out of the semi, so I think Norn might be on their bike this weekend, but I can't confirm or deny. Okay. Yeah, that'd be weird. Um, weird, weird that they would do it without announcing it and making it a bigger deal, but you're right, the rig's there, right? Like. Yeah, yeah, and literally there'll be nobody out of it. So I think from what I've heard, he he might ride CB's bike, but I again I don't know. Yeah, seven zero two five eight six pulp. We got a few lines open. We're giving away a set of twenty seventeen fly gear. I haven't even seen this stuff. It'll be debuting this weekend. So I don't know what line we're giving away. We're just giving away one of their lines of twenty seventeen gear uh, to a lucky caller. So if you got a question about Washugal or about Millville or about Pro Taper or anything, uh, Paul Parabinos from Pro Taper is on the line. Um, I was talking about this real briefly before you got on, Paul. If you're Cooper Webb and you get second and lose zero points to J-Mart and gain points on everybody else, you're stoked when you leave uh, Millville. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I, think, um, I think he's happy. I don't think Cooper's stoked. I, I only think he's stoked if he wins, but uh, uh-huh. I think he's totally fine with how the weekend went. Like, you still got in the middle. You, you got one moto win. You lost no points. So, yeah, he's fine with that. Um, I agree. Uh, the I think this weekend I was talking to Savachi after the race, and you know he was the early points leader. He won a bunch of overalls. I think he's third in the points right now. He said he's got to make it happen at Washougal, or it ain't gonna happen. Um, and I I tend to agree with him. Uh, he's got to oh. got to start doing it right. I mean, I would have said that last weekend. That, like, <laughs> I mean, we're running we're running out of time here. And, yeah. And if he wants to make it happen, he needs to go one one this weekend. And especially because we're heading into a break, because if he doesn't, Cooper already has the mind edge over him right now, I think. Mm-hmm. And he needs to figure that out. So if he goes 1-1, then I'm really excited for the rest of the races. But if, but I kind of feel like Cooper's going to win again. And But, you know, I, I for the sake of the sport and, and, and being a fan, I'd love to see it be interesting and love to see him win because I think that'll give him a mental edge. He'll he'll be on a, on a confidence high going into the break, and then it's going to be on, hopefully, for the yeah. last four races. But 
You got to be careful with Cooper, man. He, um, <laughs> I you, feel, better, you better do something, otherwise it's over. Yeah, I feel like this thing's over. I do. No offense to J-Mart and Joey and, and A-Mart. Uh, I feel like this thing's over. I just The kid had a wrist injury, and he nursed it, and all you guys needed to take better advantage of this. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, like, I wouldn't say I, – I totally agree with what you said, too, and, and, but I wouldn't say it's over because there's so much that can happen, and I've lived through this stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. – you know, we, when 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 Bean was fighting for his title against Baggett and, and Rattray, and we were all under the same tent, and you know, we were it was pretty tight on points. And then we go to Southwick, and Southwick's Bean's worst track, and a hurricane basically shows up, and and I was sweating balls because I, I w- it's one of Dean's worst track. We worst track. We already have been having issues the whole year with making making sure he finished the motos on the gas that he had because he he rides the bike such so differently than everyone else. Right. We put on this big enduro tank for Southwick and and I remember building him a brand new motor. Literally every single part in it was brand new, and I saved it for Southwick and I built it with less compression and just because I wanted it to finish the race. And sure enough, he still popped the head gasket in that thing, and we barely finished. So <laughs> like, thank God for our oil cooler because yeah. after, after the race the the radiators were dead cold, and the oil cooler was was so hot it could melt through freaking plastic. It was oh, jeez, so um, really? Huh? Yeah. But uh, I remember that. I remember sweating a lot that day. But Dean actually went three two, and we ended up gaining points. And it ended up, and I thought we were going to get stuck at the airport because the hurricane. We ended up getting out that night, so it went from being a fearful weekend for me to like, yeah. we gained like twelve points, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is anything can happen. Which was six months. Any, anything yeah. can happen, yeah. yeah. So I mean, there's it's definitely not over, but Cooper's doing what he can to maintain. But again, there's shit happens in racing. One thing can happen. This can get clo- it can get close overnight. So looks like uh, uh, Jesse Nelson and Justin Hill are in for the TLD guys, and I think if you're Tyler Keith, you're stoked because uh, Oldenburg. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's a good rider, but it's tough going to the races yeah. with just one guy. It's that's fun. That's funny you bring that up because I talked to Tyler on the way to work today. Like we're good friends. We golf and we hang out. He lives really close to me, so we so we eat dinner at each other's house and stuff. And and yeah, he's got Hill and Nelson coming back. And um, you know, he's told me kind of what he thinks how Nelson will do. And I think um, you know Nelson's not going to be as maybe as good as we think he'll be, but I think he's mm-hmm. going to be in the top ten for sure. But it really just Keith really thinks it depends on how his his starts go and. Um, and uh, he just really wants him to get through the first race and really build as the season goes on. But and then Hill, Hill, I don't know. He, Tyler said he could win. He can get top ten. He yeah. doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, has he even been riding? You know what I mean? Who knows? He's been he's up been in, riding. Okay, yeah. yeah, he's been riding at his house. And um, but yeah, we'll see. He's um he's a, hard, a tough one to figure out. When I was at Pro Circuit and he was on our team, he was tough for Mitch and everyone on our team to figure out. Yeah, like what what um, is the what is the guy's deal? Like obviously Josh, his brother, uh, was pretty open, pretty like outgoing and and pretty yeah. uh, a dude that I think you know. Tr- well, he was mixed up with J Law a bunch and maybe wasn't doing all the things off the track. But Justin Hill, man, whether it was Mitch the first time around or KTM with Roger, I talked to Roger a couple times about him, and now Tyler Keefe, like he's not gelling with these teams, and I. I don't know if it's him. It was, I don't know if it's parents. I don't know if if it's the team's fault. But like people who have him on the team, they're not always stoked. Yeah, and I, I mean, like I said, I've lived through it. I was there, and and I would say maybe it's a bit of both. That him and his parents are just a, kind of a different personality, and they have a different approach. Like they're very carefree, and and you almost wonder if they're taking it serious. But and he, <laughs> right. but the the thing is, is he's so hot and cold. It's weird. Like we've been gone to practice tracks and he's looked awful but then right. the very next day he literally nobody can go faster than him like not not villapoto not anybody yeah, like yeah. he's unbelievable how good of a rider he is 
So I think the biggest key to him is figuring out how to get that same guy to show up consistently, and that seems to be I think, the, the enigma behind him. So. Yeah, I think a lot of teams are wondering about that too. I think that if you knew, you could tell these other teams that he's been on. You know, you, um, you'd uh, yeah, you'd make some money. A <laughs> couple guys in four fifties, uh, Washugo this weekend on the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show presented by Enfab, uh, Marvin and Porcel, both very good at Washugo. I think both guys will be fighting for that third spot, maybe even second. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe. Um, I, I guess I'd give Marvin the edge, uh, but yeah, I, I, I would. I think you're safe to say for sure, I, and I would agree that both in the top five, I would think. Yeah, Marvin's Marvin's great there. Set the pole. Uh, yeah, for sure, very good there. He's won three out of the last four, or three of the last four motos he's raced there. Uh, granted, two fifty class, so I don't know if I'd right. continue that. But um, you know, um, hey, we had uh, okay. So Roxon says he doesn't care about qualifying and he goes 1.9 seconds faster at millville and he says yeah. he you know he doesn't like the track that much and he just worked everybody you saw the ride um and i i was i'm not calling him out on it but i find it hard to believe that his millville ride that i don't think if he wins southwick i don't think he rides like he did at millville um <laughs> do you agree do you do you think he a little bit was like i'm going to show all of you that eli tomac doesn't isn't in my head. Yeah. I, I got this. Yeah, I, I I agree with you a little bit, and probably not even if if Kenny would admit it. But I mean, just the inherent racer inside all these guys. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think what Kenny does understand is if it be, it's one thing to let a guy win a moto, it's the one thing to let him win one weekend, but it's another thing to let him win two weekends in a row. Yeah, and it's you know it's you can, it's okay to let you know if you can't be your best and beat the guy every single time that's okay but you better not let him get a streak going or any confidence rolling because then you just have so much more issues to deal with if you keep beating a guy down it's a lot harder for them to think that they can beat you so <laughs> i definitely feel he was like hey like just to, for the sake of finishing this series and making it easier on myself i'm going to kick the guy's ass this weekend because if i don't he's going to think he's on a roll and then i'm going to have to deal <laughs> with him, the deal with him right yeah. i don't want to do that right so yeah that's my I mean, my theory at least I think you're right. We've been around these guys uh, as mechanics, you know, on these teams. I yeah. There's there's some of that there. I I, I refuse to believe that Kenny said ah, it just was a good weekend for me. He was 1.9 no. seconds faster in qualifying. Everybody, he was. Yeah, and I mean, and and you're totally right. Like, I mean, I'm a different I'm a different rider now than I was previous to to my time working in the industry. I I learned so much being at Pro Circuit and working for riders and seeing how riders think and how we talk to them and and just learning things about bikes. Like, I'm a much better rider today than I ever was back then. I wish I knew what I knew now back when <laughs> I was riding because I probably could have been pretty good. Right, but right. Um, honestly, I just I was a I was a head case, and now I'm I feel like I'm much mentally stronger and it's just come from learning how these guys think and how you approach the race Mm and and now that's you know now i just kind of help my friends you know whether it be jake or brock or or dean i kind of help remind them of the things that they taught me to help to help them you know they're they're my buddies unfortunately you you have a full-time office job and you no longer race competitively <laughs> so, no, yeah, I really, and that's that's okay. I have a family, and I I got benefits and health insurance, so it's it's right it's for the better. I guess. Um, let's get to uh, the phone calls here, Roger. What's happening? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. What's going on? Not much has happened, Steve. Nothing. Uh, um, with sales good luck he's been having lately, you think there's any chance he can top a four six this weekend that he got last year? Did he go four six last year? 
Uh, I'm looking at the results now. It says four, six, or fifth overall. For Phil, I didn't know that. Wow, good job for Phil. Uh, honestly, he, yeah, he he's been fast. His starts are good. He's been he's had bike problems and crashes. He's had one decent moto in six in six motos. So um, with Phil, you always feel like the anvil is around the corner, ready to fall on him. <laughs> you know, um, I hope so, Roger. Yeah, man. I if he did it, I didn't realize he did that good there last year. I'm gonna have to bring that up to him and then uh, see what he's got to say. So. I yeah. think I think he can though, right, Paul? I mean, the depth, like we said, tickles out, Bogles out, yeah. Canards out. Why can't Phil? Phil can be right up there. Yeah. I think this is a track that a good start pays here. Damn good starter. I mean, nobody yeah. likes being roosted at Washougal. It's hard to pass because of all the shadows and mm-hmm. stuff. So maybe this is one of the reasons why. Maybe we put too much emphasis on the track and the weather, but maybe it's things like getting a good start at Washougal that pays such big dividends. Maybe that's why Phil did better there because he's a he's always there. I mean, he's top yeah. five every start, it seems. It does. And remember, uh, too, Paul, Norin got fifth or sixth in a moto a few years ago, too, when he was kind of unknown. So a good mm-hmm. track for Phil, for uh, for Freddie Norin, too. So uh, thanks, yeah. Roger. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, next up on the phone, Derek. What's going on, Derek? How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. What's happening? What's your question? I was just wondering, uh, both you and Paul obviously work with top-level guys, and I'm wondering uh, if ever your riders chose to run a blue-tinted goggle at Washougal. Uh, blue tint? Chose to run a, a blue tint. Uh, Purcell per- um, did, right? Guys have run the blue, I've had guys that run the blue tint every round, but yeah, Purcell is a huge guy on the blue-tinted lens. Like He has to have it. He runs it everywhere. But does he run it at Shugel with the shadows and everything? Yeah. I think that... Well, you like, have to ask John. You have experience. to ask Knowles, but... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, like uh, I'm someone I've raced Washougal a fair bit, and I find, you know, a blue brightens things up, but it also cuts glare. Mm-hmm. So I find when you come out of the trees again, it, it doesn't give you such a shock to your eyes. And then when you come into the trees, like it, the blue almost adds a uh, It brightens things up, maybe contrast or something like that. So for me personally, I find it the one to use, but I, I always see guys running clear there. So I've honestly, uh, in my time, Derek, uh, the only guy, like, unless he used to run the gold tint here and there, other than that, and, and Paul, you can back me up, 95% of these dudes run clear lenses. Yeah, for sure, 95. Like, I remember when I was at Pro Circuit, Forcell always run, wanted to run the blue, blue yes. lens, but everyone else was clear. Dean was always clear. He didn't really, Dean didn't really care about that stuff. Like, I would pick Dean's goggle lens. I would pick his, his, his tire to use. I would pick his gate. He'd show up late. I'd bring a triangle to the line and just right. pack his gate, and he'd show up late with a popsicle in his mouth and sit on the bike and go. Yeah. Um, no, I, so, I, yeah, everyone's I, different, but, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Derek. But, yeah, Purcell is a guy that runs blue tint. So. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And even Knowles told me one time the blue tint was a special ski lens, and you had to do all this yeah. stuff to it. Like, it was a big deal to, to get. Yeah, cause I, it, it's t- I have two versions of blue lens I thought back then. His one that had the chrome on the inside, and 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 Porcel wanted the one with the chrome on the inside. But yeah, yeah it, was, it was he. He's always done some bit of things. Yeah, he's got a fan on his handlebars. He inv- innovated that. <laughs> um, all right, Ryan, what's up, man? How, you want to talk about James Stewart? Yeah, I just wanted to see uh, what you guys' thoughts on on uh, the track at Washougal and how uh, JS Seven might be doing this weekend. Or what you think how he might finish? Oh, dude, <laughs> where could Stu finish? Anywhere between uh, six and and DNF DNF. Uh, Ryan yeah. could be my pick. Um, if I if I had to put my money on it, I would probably say like a DNF and then a DNF. 
Okay. So kind of like the statistics for this past year have yeah, shown. Yeah, but he got um, a tenth at Millville. Tenth, Millville's a gnarlier track. It's rougher than yeah. Washougal. Weather was hotter, you know? Dude, I feel like... Walk up Mount Morris. Paul, I feel like he could finish both motos. Yeah. I kind of feel that way, too. Hold on, Ryan. Hold on. This goes into that, but I think I think the cooler temperatures, the less rough of a track um, could... Will trump and and, and make finish make Stu finish both motors this weekend. But then again, there's also the the side of oh, Washougal's slippery and there's shadows everywhere, so maybe he crashes. But it's it's so weird that we even talk about Stu like this. But I'm gonna say he finishes both motors. This I think he might get done both motors. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. yeah I, 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 I do greatly hope that he gets both motors. I'm a big James Stewart fan from all the way like the last U.S. Open I went to just to see him and meet him and everything to see him win. Mm-hmm. And so like I know. Like, you know, a 10th in Moto 1, you know, that I know Millville's gnarly, um, but, you know, even if you finish 20 and barely scored any points, but you finish both motos, I could see that happening. Like, I'm not really buying the, the blisters thing, man. Like, uh, you know, any guy who doesn't get paid to ride rides on the weekends will ride through their blisters all day. Uh, I don't know about that. Blisters are pretty gnarly. If you've had them, I've had them bad. Um, you yeah, know. Well, I just know, like, like, compared to some of the other guys on the circuit that are racing with injuries now, Yeah. like, you know, unless it's a big palm blister or something. I don't well, yeah. Wrist injuries, but I do. I'm hoping to finish both motos. I'm really rooting for him. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm with you, uh, Ryan. You want some gear? You want some fly racing gear? Yeah, for sure, man. 2017 stuff. We we, we appreciate the passion for Stu, even though you called him out for the bushes. <laughs> we I still appreciate it. Hey, St- somebody has to, man. I'm kind of on Kiefer's side. Like, you know, uh, I want to see him finish both motos, man. That's all I want to see. Solid. <laughs> he needs to track. Hey, time, you man. and Yosh too. You and Yosh Suzuki, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> uh, thanks, Ryan. Stay on hold. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, uh, Paul, it's Stu, and uh, who knows, right? Yeah, we'll see. We'll um, see. You just you really don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. Uh, last question for Paul Parabinos from Pro Taper. Daniel, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. What's going on? Hey, I was just curious, and we'll use Eli Tomac for an example. You guys were talking about all of the off-season races after the last national. Mm-hmm. Do those guys have a spot in their contract where, say, Monster comes in and says, you have to race these two GPs plus the Monster Cup? Or is it like an open clause that says, if an event comes up that we're sponsoring, we want you to be there? Uh, you no, know, yeah, they have to do it by, you know, if that Monster sponsors your team slash uh-huh. you yourself with a helmet, um, then you need to be there at the USGPs. Uh, it was an interesting thing, though, uh, Daniel, is that, um, the teams had one USGP written into the contract, and of course there became that two, that Charlotte one. And right. I think they had to buck up and pay. Uh, I don't know, Paul, maybe you know more, but uh, I think Monster had to be like, oh, wait, we are only paying you for one? Okay, well, now we're going to give you a bit more, and you got to do two. So, Yeah, I don't, so I, 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 don't know. Oh, I don't know for sure, I guess. Yeah. So just a follow-up to that then, with so obviously Eli's contracted to race these extra races, do you think that influences his decision if they ask him to ride the 450 for the donations? Does he say no because it's not too much, or does you know pride well, take over and he want to represent the U.S.? John John Tomeka told me that that was a lot to ask, and he was thinking that they might not go to Disney nations because of all that. Uh-huh. And I get that, Paul. You get that too, I'm sure. Um, you understand that. But uh, we had Eli on the Pulp Show a couple weeks ago, and he said he's in for Disney nations, and oh, so okay. you you know he's going to get asked. Um, Right. So, um, yeah, so he's in. But uh, I agree. It's a long series. It's a long year for these guys. And I don't blame them for bowing out of something or another. No, no, not at all. All right, Daniel. You're going to go to Designation, Steve. Thank you. Uh, What's that, Paul? You're going to go to Designation. I think so. Yeah, I think so. You? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to be there. Yep. Who would you pick? Who's your team today? Um, Tomac on a 450, uh, Savachi on a 250, and Cooper Webb on a 450. Just because, just because um, okay. Savachi's not switching teams. Jeremy Martin is. Alex Martin is. And Cooper's staying on the same brand at least, and he's moving to a bike that he's going to be racing. So yeah, he wrote it. He wrote it last year. Um, yeah. Okay, I, I I don't mind that. That that's not a bad reasoning. Um, I would say you'd pick Jmart or Savachi, whoever finishes higher. But I, the switching team things throws a whole wrench in, wrench into it. You're right. So yeah, and I have a feeling Star is going to want to just empty both of the Martins lockers out after Indiana. <laughs> like beat so. it, bro. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, you could be right. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, hey, Paul, thanks uh, Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. No Protaper.com. Uh, Paul Parabinos, uh, we will see you this weekend or no? Uh, no, I'm not going to go. Okay. I'm just going to stay home. All right. So I'll text you. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Paul. All right, take uh, see care. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show 2017 gear debuting flyracing.com. The catalog drops tomorrow. Um, also, too, uh, Shift and Fox are debuting their uh, their gear this weekend as well. And uh, with me on the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show is uh, Shift uh, brand ambassador, Husqvarna brand ambassador, Jeff Emig. What's up, Jeff? How are you? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm thinking I have the brand ambassador tag to uh, to a bunch of different companies when you think oh, about it. People yeah. are like, well, what does a brand ambassador <laughs> do? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I don't know. Um, I guess. I don't know. 702-586-757. You got a question for the great Jeff Emig, motocross champion, supercross champion, uh, world supercross champion, too, I think, one year, right? World supercross champion? Yeah, yeah. 1996. Huh. There we go. Yeah, but that was, uh, I, I would have won it in 97, too, but they uh, they wouldn't pay me to go to the final race, so I, <laughs> I didn't win it. So you're like, I'm out. Um, yeah, they, they wouldn't pay my start money, so it's like, oh, I'm leading the championship. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're not going to pay you to go to Switzerland. It's like, you know, in the back of the days, I mean, you know, sort of 50, 75 grand oh, for the yeah. weekend. Like, yeah. you're like, well, if you ain't paying, I ain't going. They're like, I'm like, dude, I'm the points leader. I'm the reigning champion. They're like, nope. Yeah. Okay. Stanton told me he, Stanton told me he made more in like a month and a half in Europe than he made from his entire Honda contract back in the day, just hitting races up left and right. Yeah, that was a really good time for that generation of riders. Um it, they, you know, they made a lot of start money. They made a lot. There was a lot of racers set up. Uh, we, uh, Jeff Stanton and I both share the same CPA business manager, uh, Dave Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And the way that uh, all of those deals were done and and all that were really, really lucrative. Um, you know, in the, in the early 90s, the money from our manufacturers and our deals and everything here started uh you know, really increasing, and then at 2000, things totally took off. But mm-hmm. certainly for those riders in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a lot of cash to be made. Yeah, I remember Bradshaw did what well, he was getting 300 a year, and people lost their minds, I think, you know, which Josh Grant was getting, I think, 850 maybe uh, 15 years later. <laughs> yeah. Know? So um, kind of funny how it jumped up. Hey, um, does Washugo hold a, a place in your heart? You made your, your pro debut there. Um, oh, yeah. You know, is it a little special for you? Yeah, I've, I've had some great races there. I knocked the shit out of myself there. Like, um, yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I, I I always enjoyed racing there. Uh, I, I mean, I think I would like it if there wasn't any uh, nostalgia attached to it with being my first Lucas Oil Pro Motocross event ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that certainly sweetened the deal, right? I got yeah, the whole shot in my right. very first moto. I led for like 21 minutes, faded to seventh. I was so out of shape. I was so tired. I didn't even want to ride the second moto. My dad's like, hey, are you going to get dressed? 
you know, because I was still an amateur at the time. Uh-huh. We could ride. We kind of did the pro-am thing back then. Right. And now it's a clean cut from either amateur or pro. But, yeah, leading the very first first race. And, yeah, Larry Larry Myers called. Um, my number was 747, so mm-hmm. Larry Myers was trying to call me the jet. <laughs> <laughs> and then the and then the jet fuel ran out. <laughs> the jet the jet got a little tired. Yeah, um, yeah. Funny how that goes. Whether you talk to Ferry or Button or yourself or uh, uh, anybody that came from Loretta's, uh, that was you know one of the top guys to come from Loretta's and jump into the pros. Like it's so different from nowadays. Like Austin Forkner, he's got a trainer. He's been riding with pro guys. He's got a pro track. To do a Nash two thirty minute motos is nothing for the kid. And literally every time I speak to one of guys like you, um, or like I said, or those other guys that were they were Austin Forkner back in the day. You guys all, all you guys are all like, oh my god, it was so much work. I was not ready. And it's so different from now. Well, yeah, it's so different now. I mean, uh, you know, all of the top tier teams now have uh, pilot programs to start grooming uh, the best kids that they identify by, you know, age 13 or so to get them into a program. I I think it's so much better now. I mean, I rode my first motocross and my first supercross out of our own box van because I was still a team green ride. Mm -hmm. And my first – I mean, I'm going to just talk about this to put it into perspective – uh, of of think about this happening in this day and age, mm-hmm. okay? Kid out of the Midwest, him and his dad show up to Anaheim Supercross, the opening round. I was fast enough, uh, or, or, right? I was still an amateur. That year I was still going to be amateur team green, but mm-hmm. we could ride pro races yep. under a pro-amp license. First heat race of the night, first race, first Supercross of the year, I hold shot and win my heat race. Main event, I hold shot and lead 11 laps out of 15. Yeah. So I was fast enough to do that, yet I hadn't been groomed by any factory team. Yeah. Even Kawasaki, Roy Turner and them, wasn't even, wasn't even a thought. <laughs> they're like, whatever, kid. Yeah. Can you imagine that happening nowadays? No. I mean, that's just, I, mean, I mean, I fortunately was one of the top amateurs and mm. all that. I was in the Team Green program. Yeah. But that sort of transition was still... It, well, not still, but it wasn't at all what it is today. No, no. Yeah. Um, in your – so, 96, uh, you, you were trailing McGrath. He does the tabletop uh, thing at Millville. Uh, you take advantage of that. And then uh, also, to Washugo, speaking of Washugo, uh, he pulls off. You get into the points lead and goes down to the wire in uh, in 96, and you come through at Steel City to, for, to win your first 450 MX title. Um but in 97, you were pretty much the guy, I remember, outdoors, and kind of like Roxon now. So, Tomac wins last weekend in Southwick, and Kenny comes to Millville, and absolutely, he's almost two seconds faster in qualifying, and then he goes 1-1, coming from the back, just destroys everybody. Uh, uh, this is... This was done on purpose to me, and let me ask you that. I asked Paul Perbinos that earlier, but as a racer in 97... When you're on top of the game, somebody beats you. I, Kenny played it all off. Kenny downplayed it. He said he wasn't, you know, just felt okay. It wasn't a great day. Blah blah blah. No, no, he admitted that he had an off day. He's like, we weren't, we weren't prepared, you know. And that's, I, I think, what he means by we not being prepared is he probably wasn't mentally prepared. <laughs> well, but I mean, at, at Millville, he wanted to show everyone that none of this Tomac talk. Nobody start thinking that I got issues here. I think it was a little extra. 
uh, spice for him on the day. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think you hit the nail right on the head for once. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Um, Thank you. No, I'm kidding. No, no it's a great, great, um, you know, uh, analysis. And Millville is a place where when you've got the flow and you've got it, mm-hmm. uh, you can just destroy the competition. I was fortunate. I had some pretty good races there at times where, you know, I when I was watching Ken, uh, which happens that, first two laps of the second moto were two of the best opening <laughs> right. moto laps I've ever seen by anybody. Right. Right. Uh, but, but I, you know, when I watch that now, you know, and, and I'm sure every other racer champion, you know, you kind of, you put yourself on the bike and you're watching what he's doing and going, wow, man, I, you know, yeah. Okay. And I feel for me, it makes me feel fortunate that I have those memories that, that I can say, yeah, I think I've had some days like that. Yeah. I mean, even though that oh, was yeah. that was quite exceptional. I'm not sure if I ever rode like that, but but uh No, but like in ninety seven somebody probably beat you along the line and you're like, Oh no, no. No, no, no. I got Well, you know. I in ninety seven it was uh early part of the year, uh, McGrath and Albertine were really challenging and Dowd. Uh and then this in the meat of the championship, um, I just remember Dowd and I really started separating ourselves and you know, every now and then we would have um, you know, a good moto. I mean, we'd have some competition by, yeah. by you know, whether it be Henry and Albertine and McGrath and these guys. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I actually won the overall at Millville in '97 by like one bike. Length. Right, I remember. But less, than, yep. but less than a half a bike went over Dowd. Yeah. Over Dowdy. Yeah, that was a that was a good ride. MX47.com. Please visit it. Check out Jeff's website and lots of cool stuff on it. Lots of stories on it as well. Uh, new new uh, new apparel. By the middle of next week, we'll have all the new apparel on there. Nice, nice. That's cool. Um, Let's check out the phone lines here. Uh, Eric, what's up? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. What's your uh, your question, Eric? Hey, Jeff. Hey, Steve. Hey, uh, this dream race that's going on up at Washougal, Emig, were you able to secure a bike? Oh, that would have been sweet. Oh, I'll have I'll have a bike. Oh, you, you mean this weekend? Yeah, the one twenty five. Yeah. Race. No, I never. I never had. Uh, at no time was I going to do the invitational race at the Pro Motocross this weekend. Oh, okay. My, well, I my just... intention is to get it together for the actual one twenty five Dream Race in September, right? Yeah, the one okay. in uh, the fall, so the two day yeah. event. Yeah. I, I haven't I haven't been on a four uh, two stroke since four, but you know I gotta I gotta side with Steve about the whole lobster claw thing. You know you gotta give yourself the best racing uh, yeah. situation you can. But but I gotta say this one twenty five dream race for me that's up there with you know the uh, the legends race that they did last year. I just I'm gonna be making the trek up to Washougal and I'm I'm stoked to listen to those things rip around. You know yeah. uh, horsepower hill and everything. It's gonna yeah. be a blast. Uh, Tedesco and Hanson and JT and and uh, a bunch of guys will be. In it. It'll be cool for sure. So I'm putting my money JT for the whole shot. <laughs> yeah, the legend suit race, right? All right, thanks, Eric. Dude, he about took me thanks, out last year. Oh, I know. Yeah, thanks for your call, Eric. His bike stopped. It was not good. Um, Jay, uh, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Thank you. What uh, you want to talk to Jeff Emig about something? Yeah, well, first things first, Steve. Uh, if, if if Steve Mathis and Jeff Emig are trapped in a burning house, I'm running inside and saving Steve Mathis because I love all of your podcasts. Oh, thank you, thank wow. you. Letting letting Fro burn, I like it. Will you, will, you, will you at least come back for me? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do what I can for you, Jeff. If, if you can get back in, please, <laughs> please help me. Right. So, uh, so Jeff, right. uh, Steve, you know you've uh, you definitely come along. Get me. So. All right, go ahead, Jay. 
Jeff, you've come a long way uh, since uh, since the troubles you've had at the end of your riding career to uh, to where you're at now, and overcame quite a bit. Uh, did uh, did you ever have a, a mentor or someone that kind of took you under under your under their wing um, to help you kind of grow and mature out of that phase? And uh, was there any lasting advice that they gave you that still sticks with you today? Hmm, interesting question. Wow, I'm not really sure I was prepared for getting deep. <laughs> That's like our that. listeners. They're very, very, very deep people. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, we were burning the candle at both ends, me and my group, and everything throughout the mid to late '90s. And I remember uh, Jimmy Weinert saying, "Hey, man, I'm telling you, you gotta take it from me. You gotta slow it down. You gotta get it into perspective." And it it took uh, losing my ride from Kawasaki and having Bruce Sternstrom. Uh, who I admire immensely, uh, having him call me and tell me, hey, Kawasaki's going to fire you and it's my decision. It took that for me to uh, do that. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of it just has to do with uh, maturing. You know, I think I've always, on the maturity level, I've probably skewed younger than what my age is. Uh, you know, most of the time my friends were a little bit younger than me, things like that. So, uh, fortunately, before my career was over, I did get it together for at least a little bit there again. And, um, you know, and, and then as I grew into broadcasting and stuff, I know one of my mentors has been my uh, my vocal coach, Arthur Joseph. Um, but, you know, there's always different people in your life that, you know, that seem to play a role. But I'm not, not one specific uh, individual. All right. There you go, Jay. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's interesting how, how that works. But on the other hand, Jeff, too, um, you don't win national titles without putting in a lot of work, like you said, burning it on both ends, uh, of working hard because I've heard stories about you, you know, going out all night and then waking up in the morning and going for a run. Uh, Debo's got some, some stories about that, you know. So Yeah, maybe yeah. not all night. <laughs> okay, not all right. Night. That's so misleading. Um, all right. Phil, what's going on, Phil? You want to have some memories about Washougal? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, do you remember in 2003 when uh, Wyndham beat Carmichael? That's my favorite. Um, yeah, Carmichael. Well, Wyndham beat him in '02 on a Suzuki, and oh, then he beat right, him yeah. in '03 on a Honda. And yeah, I mean, really, Jeff, when you think about uh, Washougal, it's the anti RC track. Someone who grabs throttle uh, um, and everything else. Oh, yeah. um, and then Wyndham, who creeps around the inside. has got great throttle control, uh, good body positioning. It's just a perfect track for Wyndham and maybe Ricky's worst one. That's yeah, funny. that's uh, it's uh, Phil, right? Yeah, Phil. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, the thing that Wyndham, uh, that Steve pointed out, there's body positioning, right? He's one of the taller guys on the circuit. He really was great at, at getting moving his weight around on the bike. I really like what he would do with his lower body. He really squeezed the bike uh, with his legs and uh, controlled the uh, the bike with his core and his legs. And so when it came to getting, like, front-wheel traction in a turn or, or moving the weight back to get rear-wheel traction and having throttle control, uh, Wyndham was one of the best talents uh, throughout that era, you know. Um, Ricky certainly approached things differently, and that would have still been the 252-stroke days mm-hmm. where it's like Ricky was, like, running gun, man. He dropped the hammer and, and – uh, um, so Wyndham got the best of him those days. All right, Phil. Thanks, man. Are you guys giving any tickets for Washougal out? No, we don't have any tickets. Sorry, bro. Oh, no worries. Later, guys. All right, see you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it is, it was a contrast in styles those days. Um, 
Jeff, I was talking to uh, Joey Savacci after the race, and, and he wasn't uh, in the greatest mood. He fourth overall at Melville, and he sort of lost his, his mojo from earlier in the season. Cooper Webb's stretching this thing out a little bit. So what I want to talk to you about, though, was he, we were talking. He said, first of all, i got to make it happen at Washougal or, or it's not going to happen. And then he said, you know, he's been dealing with some things, and he didn't get into too many details. But i got to say, like, he was hinting towards that he's tired. He's tired. He made a comment to me that opened things up. He goes, I don't know how those 450 guys do it. And that's meaning a full season, 17 soupies and 12 nationals and USGPs and the Monster Cup and everything else. And Joey made that comment. It was uh, something that struck me. And we're coming into a, a, a section of the, of the season with two weeks off. And he's right, man. These, and you've been there. The, it's a lot of work for a full-time top pro star in our sport. Um, Kenny Roxon, Ryan Dungey, any of these guys. Man, the week in and week out grind is something else. I'm sure they're looking forward to these two weeks off. Yeah, I would definitely say so. And especially when it's hot like that, you need to give your body a chance to recover. You know, and that's where the knowledge uh, of, uh, you know, a trainer can help you. But as an athlete, you also have to feel you got to know what your body's telling you. Mm -hmm. In return, you're beating yourself up all the time. And, I mean, think about it. Joey didn't even ride every Supercross. No, no. Right? He's a 250 rider. He's ridden... So at this point, he's ridden about two-thirds of the race, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and that's part of um, that, that, that's, you know, that's why I, two of my motocross championships I won basically in the final event. Yep. And when people try to uh, knock me for these big points deficits that I picked up on Morocco in, 92 in the 125 class or on Jeremy in 96 in the 250 class is, you know, it, it, it's, it's a 12 race, 24 moto championship, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not just about who went fastest at the first and second race. Okay. Let's go ahead and crown them champion. Right. It's part of mentally and physically managing the whole championship. Right. And uh, it's not just about lap times. It's about, racing and strategy and all of these different things. Um, and so that's, that's when you're talking about like with Sabachi right now is all of a sudden he's thinking, okay, I'm having trouble managing all 12 races physically. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this is something that he's obviously his foundation with his fitness isn't where it needs to be yet. And that maybe it's going to be another year or another two years, you know? Yeah. Um, 20, 26 races in with three weeks off in 29 weeks is what we've done since January. Uh, 450 guys. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just how do you train? How do you get on a road bike? How do you practice during the week? You fly across the country? Well, it's just. Yeah, and, and with the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship this summer, this six-week stretch, right? Six in a row. Yep. When, okay, now it's gotten hot. You know, now you go six in a row. And the problem with Joey is that, well, not not specifically with Joey, the yeah, problem, problem with Joey yeah. is that the competition has been at such a high intensity and such an incredible level. And now he's finding with that crash at Red Bud and not really recovering right. Mentally, he got banged up a little bit. Probably confidence got shaken a little bit. Mm -hmm. and, yet, and yet the Martin brothers and Webb are just hammering it. I mean, let's face it. That's this is their level is insane right now. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. I agree. And so he's feeling it like, wow. Okay, I lost a step when I went down. 
I got banged up. I lost a step, and it's going to be hard for him to uh, recover. It's funny how that works. Like it literally takes the wind out of your sails. You're up on top of that tip of the of the spear, doing everything right. Everything's working. You have a crash like that. That you know you're you know you're not really hurt by, and it, it you just you can't get back to the tip of that spear. It's such a hard thing to do. Yeah, I was just uh, actually listening to the uh, first episode of Kenny Watson's new podcast, Inside the Rut, and Skip Norfolk and Jeremy McGrath were on the show, and Skip. And Jeremy, well, I, I imagine that it skips term. Uh, Skip Norfolk was Jeremy McGrath's mechanic throughout mm-hmm. the early days and all that success. Um, he talks about being a, a, a mental giant and that uh, mentally you have to be able to get yourself through these races just the same as physically getting yourself through, right? Mm-hmm. The mental part becomes, uh, even though some say it's a small part of the equation, uh, like Skip mentioned, he's all. It's the first part of the equation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. It really is. Uh, let's get to Mark. Uh, he's got a question about this nations. Mark, welcome to the show. What's your question for Jeff Emick? Hey, I was uh, I was wondering if any other riders besides Jeff has won their class at the MXDN on a one twenty five, two fifty, and and a five hundred. Hmm. Well. Well, I mean, you would think that Stefan Everett says one. A, at least won his his division, his class, like you mentioned. Um, that's a good question. Yeah, because, I don't know, uh, back in the pre, what was the first year that the 125 got added to the motocross and trophy uh, donation? That, that, that was when they like morphed. Eighty five, right? Yeah, eighty five so. was the first year, I believe, in in Germany. Uh, eighty four oh, was okay. yeah, one week two fifties, one week five hundreds. And then 85 was 125s. Lachine went in Germany, and uh, and then they kind of went all the way through up until whatever, 97 or I mean, something, 98. you got to think that Jeff Ward, who who rode a bunch of Nations teams, and they won every year that they went. you got to think Jeff Ward might have done That would be a good, yeah, good, little, uh, would uh, be. Um, good little reason for you to pump out some, some uh, Twitter you, uh, posts today, Steve. You went 3-3 three and three at those Nations, correct, Fro? You go three th- wins and th- three losses. Yeah, and three and, wins and three not wins. <laughs> um, and 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 you've spoken many times about how crushing it was, you know, for the streak to end. And USA's on a three-year winless streak right now. And honestly, Jeff, I don't know if they're. I it might be four. Very much uh, with no Ryan Dungey and the way the Euros are over there. You were just there. I was there. We might be looking at four in a row uh, this year um, without our best guys. Absolute three best guys. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. You got to send your best team, no matter what what decade it's in. That's what it's about, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that we have uh, a qualified, uh, you know, three riders that that can go there and put up a good showing. But it it's certainly not going to be like the you know back in the days where it was all you know we were all but assured to win. Yeah, and that wasn't my teams, but some of the teams uh, before me. It was like, yeah, these guys are going to win. Well, the interesting come on. thing about. When you showed up in 97 in Spain and you saw those jumps, you had it on. 90, yeah. 96. 96. You had it on lock. Come on, Come on Sorry. Steve, You're better Sorry. at this. Sorry. 97 was better. Um, when you showed up in 96, you were like, we got this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, thanks, Mark. I mean, Lampton was on it. McGrath was on it. Yeah, thanks for calling, Thanks, Mark. The, the great thing about this year's Motocross of Nations is that it's at Majora Park in Italy. I was just there last month. Uh, riding the track, doing the big event, Weekend of Champions, mm-hmm. doing some marketing material for uh, for um, Paulo and uh, Stefano that own own the track. Great guys, super passionate about 
motocross. There, it's now going to be the 30-year anniversary for when uh, Team USA dominated the motocross of nations in 1986 there. Uh, the track's got some updates, but half of the track is literally the same as it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be there calling the race uh, with Paul Malin, and the event is its going to be mega. If you thought the atmosphere last year in France was impressive, it, this, it's going to at least rival that, if not be more, more crazy. Yeah, it should be great. It should be great to see for sure. I'm, I think I'm going. I don't have my ticket yet, but I think I'm going to go to cover it. Um, what? Well, I don't know. I yeah. You know. Are you taking the wife? No, no I'm not going to take the wife. That's expensive. To Italy? I just took her to Italy. Food, to, I just food took her. The shop. Oh, where, that's right. Where we, where you were? You didn't see us all weekend, and we were literally 20 feet from your TV truck, and you never yeah. came out. I was inside the TV truck the whole time. Uh, That's fl- right. Okay, check it. Sorry, my bad. Right uh, there, husband of the year points. You're good. <laughs> Flyracing.com, n-fab.com. Check them out on social media also, and we thank the guys from Fly uh, for coming on board, and as well as NFAB, uh, Jeep Truck, your SUV parts. We thank them. Multi-time Supercross Motocross champion Jeff Emig on the show. Uh, coming up to uh, Washugo this weekend, looking forward to uh, to a good race, I think. Um, the bummer news uh, of the week, I think, uh, well, tickles her, and that, and that that's a bummer too, but uh, Jeff uh, Trey Kennard uh, came back and he's out again. And um, I guess I got like we talked about that that staying fresh, staying on the tip of that spear. Kennard's a guy that can't seem to get it back uh, and stops and starts conven- uh, all the time, right? And this has to be a, a major blow to him. Yeah, I, I it's it's so difficult to come back from injury, and he has literally blown my mind on so many occasions. Yeah that he can come back, and literally in the first race, he'll be up to speed. Um, the knock on, on uh, Trey Kennard, though, unfortunately, is that, man, the guy, he has crashed a lot in his career, and that starts to wear on you after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately for him, you know, he's had some pretty uh, severe injuries. Some of the one at LA, or, uh, you know, Dodger Stadium obviously wasn't, wasn't his fault. It was right. part of a racing incident in Monster Energy Supercross. Um, but nonetheless, he suffered a tremendous amount of injuries there, and um, he just has a really hard time uh, keeping himself off the ground. Whether it's whether it's uh, you know you know a mistake that he made or an incident that happened that was out of his control. Yeah, he had a bike. He had a couple uh, of bike issues too that caused injuries. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I don't envy that uh, situation that he's in right now. But uh, you know, he has a strong faith. He's a great guy. Uh, married i'm i'm sure that the thoughts of uh you know starting a family are uh starting to creep into his mind so uh we'll see you know you just don't want to see the riders injured you know and no, that's, uh, no like i said those things start to wear on you and if it's uh another concussion those those keep you off for a while uh, Shorty is uh, riding much better than he did earlier in the season, and uh, it's nice to see him. It's his farewell season. He, the guy's finished top three in the points three or four times. He's won nationals in both classes. Uh, truly one of the best guys in the pits. And early on, it was like, ooh, Shorty. Oh, this isn't the Andrew Short we know and love and everything else. But, uh, hey, the last few weeks he's been in solid in the top ten. He rode great at Millville to get seventh overall. I like when Andrew Short, in his farewell season, Jeff, uh, rides into the top ten. I like that. That's the world I want to live in. Yeah, and especially after he unfortunately suffered that injury at Atlanta, right? Yeah. Yep. In Atlanta set him back a bit. I venture to think that I mean, since he's put a date on it, right? I didn't. I didn't have that luxury. Yeah, I didn't, no. I didn't, I didn't have the choice when I retired. Right. Um, 
he can see light at the end of the tunnel now. And maybe, uh, even though I think he's admitted that, hey, preparation and stuff is not, not quite what it once was, but maybe he sees light at the end of the tunnel now, and maybe it's given him a little, like, uh, lifted his spirits a bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, starting to savor the moments that he has. I mean, I, I mean, I, I hope that this is what's going on. You know? Yeah, no, I do too. Yeah, exactly. Look, take a take a peek around, right, while you're there, and and be like, you know, this is my last time in front of thousands of fans and and everything else. So I'm, I'm pumped that he's doing well. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I mean, you know, but it, but if he realizes, hey, that it's time to it's time to stop and it's time to call it a career, man, you really got to stick by that. It's it's really tough for riders to do that because it's so easy to just come back and race, you know? I mean, let's face it, a guy like Andrew can still make a, a, a you know, a hefty living racing a dirt bike. Mm-hmm. And that, trust me, it's easy money compared to when you get in the real world and you're doing podcasts and stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, whether it's Bradshaw <laughs> or Kodrowski or Barnett, none of these comebacks ever really seem to work. You know, they just, they just don't, you know? So, um, cause you've already checked out. You've already mentally, yeah. You've already done that, so. Um, well, uh, Husqvarna, brand ambassador, Jeff Emig, and uh, Emig47.com. Go there. New apparel next week, like Fro says. Uh, thanks for your time, Jeff. Uh, two weeks off now of this show, this Thursday afternoon show, and we'll, we'll finish up with three in a row. So um, thanks for your time. Well, Always great. It, yeah, great to be on. I appreciate all the callers and the, and, the, and the listeners. And last week, Steve, I put you on the spot for a prediction. I don't like doing predictions myself, but I love putting other people on the spot. <laughs> and you went with, last week you I went with. I think I went with uh, J-Mart. Did I go Webb? I think I went. I thought you went, we'd, we'd have to check the tape, mm-hmm. check check the replay, but I'm thinking you went with, with Webb Roxon. Yeah, I might have. And I went A-Mart Roxon. You did, yeah. And Alex was so close. We <laughs> we uh, we texted a bit about this. He was, he was amazing. It was, oh. Did, I wanted him yeah. to have that moment so bad. He should have. He led 13 out of 16 in the first moto. Second moto, of course, hits neutral um, uh, while leading the first lap. He very easily could have gone 1-1, without a doubt. And, um, yeah, so for so, me, Washugo, okay, so yep. uh, I'll go Rocks and Webb. Yeah, I know it's a it's a bandwagoner, but I'll take the two points leaders. Well, you're either right or you're, you know, that's you want to – you want to not be on the bandwagon with everybody else, or do you want to be yeah, dude, the lone me. wolf out there and be? Oh wrong? yeah, I've been having issues with, I, with, I, with lone yeah. wolf guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that uh, that your uh, predictions there are pretty good. So hopefully, if any of the other riders uh, that are in those two classes are listening and listen to this, uh, step up and show us uh, what you got that somebody else can win. Yeah, no, I agree. All, All right, Jeff, uh, thank 39 you. Thirty-nine other guys. Thanks All for your that. time. Appreciate it. Good luck with everything. Um, as usual, great insight, great questions uh, from all the listeners. So thanks, bro. All right. See you guys next week. All right. See you. Jeff Emming, everybody, on the Fly Race and Moto 60 Show, presented by NFAB. Thanks to Paul Barabinos from Pro Taper. Thanks to Fro. Thanks to Tits. Thanks, Tits. You did a really great job today. I tried. 2017 Fly Gear to Ryan? Uh, something like that. I think it was Ryan. Yep. Yeah. All right. Hey, we're off for two weeks because uh, there's no race, but we will pick it up the Thursday before Unadilla. Fly Race and Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. See you in a couple weeks. I was born in a